Welcome into the Degenerate Gambler, your sports gambling podcast. I'm Robert Ash, the host of the Degenerate Gambler. This podcast brought to you by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. Today's podcast is strictly a football podcast. We're going to do the college bowl games taking place here on New Year's Day as well as tomorrow. And we'll have our NFL bets for Sunday as well. Uh, we'll have a college basketball exclusive podcast on Saturday and on Sunday uh, for college basketball games. Saturday for sure. Sunday, I haven't looked at the games yet. There may not be a whole lot to choose from. Uh, so Sundays is kind of up in the air. Uh, but Saturday, we'll, we'll have a college basketball podcast for sure. It'll be strictly college basketball as our football picks for the rest of the weekend uh, starting today are in this podcast. First segment will be our college football bowl games. There'll be eight of those, four today and four tomorrow. And then on our uh, second half of our podcast will be our NFL bets for Sunday. There'll be five bets there plus one upset. So we'll start things off college football style with uh, the very first matchup, which is the uh, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl taking place in Atlanta. Ninth-ranked Georgia, 7-2 on the season, taking on undefeated and eighth-ranked Cincinnati, sitting at 8-0 on the year. As we look into the numbers of this game, uh, we know um, as an underdog, Cincinnati is 4-1 against the spread in their last five matchups. Georgia as a favorite, just 2-3 against the spread in their last uh, five games as a uh, favorite. Uh, the two teams enter this one. It'll be a battle between quarterbacks JT Daniels and Desmond Ritter for Cincinnati. Georgia facing probably the best defense they've seen since the uh, matchup with Alabama earlier this year, which JT Daniels, of course, did not uh, play in. Uh, Georgia led on the ground by Zamir White, 740 yards and 10 touchdowns. Uh, Desmond Ritter leading the way on offense for Cincinnati. He's thrown for 2,090 yards and 17 scores himself. Uh, this is a case of a red-hot Georgia team against an undefeated Cincinnati team. Uh, but the key to this game, it's going to actually be the fact that most of Georgia's uh, NFL prospects have opted out of this game. Uh, and a good chunk of those coming on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, with the fact that Cincinnati's offense is fairly solid uh, going against a Georgia defense, uh, now losing uh, some of its best players. Now, they're expected to get Richard LeCount back. Uh, the uh, safety uh, has been out since the week of the Florida game due to a motorcycle accident uh, he was involved in. He's expected to play. I don't know how much he's going to play. They're not really leading on, and considering that he's a high NFL prospect, I don't expect him to play much. I expect him to play enough to kind of show that, you know, there's no effects uh, NFL, uh, NFL-wise uh, uh, from what happened with the, uh, with the motorcycle accident so that uh, teams uh, will not hold that against him as they look to draft him. He's one of the best safeties coming out in the NFL draft. I expect him to play you know, at least a half. He may play the entire game. I mean, he may very well, but uh, uh, Coach Kirby Smart has uh, not really indicated how much uh, LeCount's going to play, but from everything that, that I've heard and, and, and uh, read so far, uh, I don't feel like he's going to play a whole lot, but again, that can change between now and Saturday. Uh, 
Again, the Georgia offense going against the best defense they've seen so far this season. Georgia comes in a seven and a half point favorite in this one. And I'm actually leaning Cincinnati in the points. I do think Georgia probably finds a way to win this one because Georgia is the more talented team. Uh, but we've talked often about bowl games and it mattering who wants to be there. Uh, I think there's no doubt that Cincinnati wants to be there. They want to prove a point. They want to make a statement at the hands of Georgia. The question is, how much does Georgia want to be there? Uh, and with the, with a number of the guys opting out, I look back to what happened in the uh, Cotton Bowl uh, with Oklahoma and Florida. Now, Florida lost so much more talent than Georgia had opt out. Um, but the the key point to that is that when it came down to it, Florida didn't want to be there, and uh, that was triggered by the fact that they were missing twenty seven players. Uh, a good chunk of them were opt outs. Uh, I don't know what the count is for Georgia, but it's quite a few opt-outs themselves, so I do kind of wonder uh, how much that plays into this game and whether Georgia wins this game outright. But it's also the biggest reason why I'm taking Cincinnati in the points. You're giving me just over a touchdown. I'll take it gladly. So I'll take Cincinnati plus 7.5 against Georgia in the Peach Bowl. Next up, the... uh, Verbo Citrus Bowl taking place in Orlando, Northwestern, a four-point favorite uh, at uh, at home. Well, I say at home, but Northwestern, a four-point favorite against Auburn. Auburn comes in six and four in the year. Uh, Kevin Steele, the interim coach after Gus Malzahn was let go about a month ago. Uh, Northwestern coming in 14th in the country. They're six and two on the season. They're coming off a uh, a hard-fought loss in the Big Ten Championship game to uh, playoff-bound Ohio State. Uh, Bo Nix leading the way on offense for Auburn. He's thrown for 2,100, 23 yards, and 11 touchdowns. Seth Williams has 42 catches, 688 yards, and four scores. I do believe Seth Williams has opted out of the game. Tank Bisbee, the leading rusher for Auburn, 834 yards and five touchdowns. Big Bigsby is a game-time decision coming into this one. Auburn's had a lot of opt-outs as well. Uh a game I'm going to reference back to the Georgia-Cincinnati game and what I mentioned earlier about Florida-Oklahoma. It's about who wants to be there, and it seems like the SEC has been hit hard by the opt-outs, whether it's been uh, opt-outs by teams that are playing or, unfortunately, in the cases of uh, Tennessee and and South Carolina and Missouri, uh, opt-outs and the fact that they didn't have enough players, uh, whether it be COVID-related or otherwise, to play in bowl games. The only SEC team that that did not affect was Arkansas, as it was TCU that ended up opting out of their game, forcing Arkansas not to have an opponent. Uh, and, and that's a lot of reason why this is not going to be a good bowl year for the SEC. Already seen one loss so far. Uh, I expect to see at least one more on um, uh, on Friday, and that being Auburn. So. That tells you right there, we're going to take Northwestern minus four against the Auburn Tigers. But we do uh, want to look at uh, some of the trends real quick as well as you get ready to uh, make a decision on betting this game. Northwestern four and one in their last five against the spread, five and one in their last six against the number. Uh, while Auburn has. Uh, actually missed against the spread in four in their la- of their last five games. So the trends also set up uh, to take Northwestern as well. And uh, to me, that's a pretty easy one for us. So Northwestern minus four against Auburn. Now the college football playoff games. They start at four Eastern, three Central with the Rose Bowl 
presented by Capital One, being played not at the Rose Bowl, but at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. It's number one and undefeated Alabama. Number four, 10-1 Notre Dame. Alabama led by a uh, trio of Heisman contenders. Uh, three of the top five uh, Heisman contenders are, are from Alabama. Uh, Mac Jones, uh, 3,739 yards uh, passing, 32 touchdowns on the season. The Heisman favorite right now, Devontae Smith. The wide receiver has caught 98 passes, 1,511 yards, and 17 touchdowns. Also, Najee Harris, who officially finishes fifth in the Heisman Trophy balloting. He had 1,262 yards rushing and 24 scores. Notre Dame led on offense by um, their uh, key player, of course, is quarterback Ian Book. Book's had a really good year this season, and it's a little bit uh, underrated. He's thrown for 2,601 yards and 15 touchdowns. Uh, Javion McKinley is his top receiver, 40 catches, 697 yards, and three scores. Uh, Kyron Williams helping the ground attack for Notre Dame, 195 carries, 1,061 yards, and 12 touchdowns. This is also a battle of two of the best offensive lines in college football. Both of these offensive lines up for... Um, I can't remember the name of the trophy, but it goes to the uh, best offensive line uh, in college football. Alabama and Notre Dame's offensive lines are two of the four finalists for that one. As we look at uh, some of the betting lines uh, for betting trends for the season, Notre, uh, Alabama 4-1 and one against the spread in the last five, 7-1 and one against the spread in the last eight, 9-3 and three against the spread in the last 12. And when you look at the 7-1 and one against the spread in the last eight, their lone miss was their last game. In the SEC title game against Florida, which tells me they were on a they're on a heater still. They they've come seven straight against the spread uh, going into this matchup, while Notre Dame uh, against the spread is uh, three and two in their last five, five and two in their last seven against the spread. So both teams fairly hot against the number. Uh, when you come into this game, Alabama is sitting as a nineteen and a half point favorite. And I've actually gone back and forth on this one. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind Alabama wins this game, and I think they win it comfortably. But 19.5 points is a lot of points to give up to a Notre Dame team that does own a win over Clemson. While it was not a full-strength Clemson, they still own a win over Clemson. Uh, But Notre Dame's history in bowl games is what has me leaning Alabama minus 19.5. They don't tend to show up in bowl games, especially big games. but the reason I've hedged a little bit on this is the fact that I know Notre Dame's been hearing this. Their coaching staff, their players have been hearing this nonstop since the selections were made on December 4th. Heck, they've been hearing it nonstop uh, for a couple of years now. And I know the motivation factor is going to be there for Notre Dame. But I don't know if it's enough to offset the talent disparity between Notre Dame and Alabama. Now, this will be Alabama's best defense they faced since the Georgia game, more than likely their best defense they've seen since Georgia. And Notre Dame's defense, you can make an argument, is better than Georgia's defense. So, you know, Notre Dame defensively can hang in this game, but Alabama's offense is just unreal. You know, uh, Cotton Bowl notwithstanding, the only other offense that's really 
went neck and neck with Alabama this season was Florida's offense. Uh, but different situations in this one. This is a playoff game, so no one's opting out. Everyone's playing in this one for Alabama. They are missing their center, Landon Dickerson, who uh, tore his ACL in the SEC title game, and that does give me some cause for concern in this one. Uh, because the continuity offensive line for Alabama has always been one of the key strengths to this team under Nick Saban. Uh, but I just don't think there's enough negatives for me to go against Alabama in this one. Uh, now, this may factor more off, more so if uh, they end up facing a Clemson uh, in the national championship game, missing Landon Dickerson. Uh, but for, to, for this game, I think I'm going to lean Alabama. We're going to give up the 19.5 points against Notre Dame and the last playoff game for uh for this uh for Friday number two Clemson 10 and 1 on the season third ranked Ohio State undefeated at 6 and 0 Clemson comes in as a seven and a half point favorite they're led by of course uh Trevor Lawrence who's one of the finalists for the Heisman Trophy he's thrown for 2,753 yards and 22 touchdowns Travis Etienne is uh, the leading rusher for Clemson, 882 yards and 13 scores. Lawrence's top target, Amari Rogers, 69 catches, 966 yards, and seven touchdowns on the season. And when you look at Ohio State, they're led by Justin Fields. Fields is thrown for 1,521 yards and 15 scores. Trey Sermon, the leading rusher, after getting 300-plus yards in the Big Ten championship game against the Northwestern, he now he's now up to 675 yards rushing and three scores. Garrett Wilson, the top receiver for Ohio State, 38 catches, 621 yards, and five touchdowns. But the best receiver is Chris Olave, who's expected to play in this game after being out the Big Ten championship game uh, due to COVID protocols. Uh this is an Ohio State team that's been hearing nothing but not having a chance in this one against Clemson. Now, Clemson is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite coming into this matchup. Uh, and I think it's rightfully the favorite in this one. By the way, it is the uh, considered the uh, All-State Sugar Bowl taking place in New Orleans. It'll follow the Alabama-Notre Dame game on Friday. Uh, matter of fact... When you look at Clemson, they are four and one against the spread in their last five games. Uh, Ohio State one and four against the spread in their last five games coming into this one, and uh, the hook is the issue with me on this game, and meaning the hook that half a point. Uh, I think I'm gonna lean Clemson and give up the seven and a half because I just think Clemson is the better team. Ohio State's defense not nearly as good as it had been. Uh, prior to this season, and uh, I think uh, that's a factor in this one. I'm not sure how they're going to stop the offensive assault uh, from Clemson. Clemson's defense, now that they're healthy, is a pretty good one, and I think they have uh, the uh, the personnel that can give Justin Fields uh, some issues. And uh, I think I'm going to lean Clemson. We're going to give up the seven and a half. And it's going to set up for yet another Clemson-Alabama National Championship game a week from Monday. All right. On to the Saturday games. And already 15 minutes into this podcast. This is going to be a long one, it looks like. Uh, we'll start with the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl for Saturday. Uh, it's number 23, NC State, 8-3 and three on the season against uh, 
Kentucky, who are four and six on the year. NC State comes in as a two and a half point favorite. We'll try to speed up the podcast just a little bit with these uh, Saturday games. Uh, as Kentucky comes in as a favorite, now the Wildcats are uh, as a favorite. They are two and six against the spread in their last eight games as a favorite. NC State is four and one against the spread in their last five games overall. And it's another game in which I'm leaning towards the non-SEC team. Now, NC State, I think, is the better team. Uh, I think they've proved it throughout the season. We know Kentucky has trouble moving the football. And I don't see how that is going to change at this point in time until they get the quarterback situation uh, figured out. Uh, NC State can move the ball on offense. Brady Hockman's done a really good job uh, for the um, – for the uh, for the Wolfpack this season, he's thrown for 1,820 yards and 12 touchdowns after not starting the season at quarterback. Uh, Amika Emenzi is the top receiver for NC State, 694 yards and five touchdowns as well. I think NC State just has the better offense. I think the wrong team's favored in this one, so I think you can sprinkle some some money on the uh, on the uh, money line. Uh, get a little money line sprinkle going on with NC State. We're going to take NC State plus two and a half against Kentucky in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. Next up, the Outback Bowl in Tampa. It's going to feature 11th ranked Indiana, six and one on the season against the Ole Miss Rebels, four and five on the year. Indiana comes in a eight and a half point favorite in this one. And it's another game in which opt outs are going to be a factor. Indiana, our Ole Miss's two best wide receivers have opted out of this game. Indiana, as far as I know, doesn't have any opt outs. Uh, coming into this matchup, uh, and that's why they're such a heavy favorite in this one. And uh, we're going to lean Indiana and give up the eight and a half. Uh, it missed, Ole Miss is four is uh, excuse me four zero and one against the spread in the last five games played in the month of January, which none of these players have been a part of any game playing in January for Ole Miss. Now Indiana is five and zero against the spread in their last five games, eight and zero against the spread in their last eight games. Uh, coming into this one, so they've they've been undefeated against the spread for the season. Coming into this one, and I don't see how that changes. So give me Indiana minus eight and a half against the Ole Miss Rebels. All right, next up is the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. Iowa State, a four and a half point favorite, tenth ranked tenth in the country, taking on number twenty five Oregon, who's four and two. On the season, Iowa State led by Brock Purdy at 2,594 yards passing, 26 touchdowns. Uh, Brees Hall, a Heisman finalist, um, or I should say uh, one of the top 10 finishers in the Heisman Trophy uh, race. He ran for 1,436 yards and 19 touchdowns on the season. Xavier Hutchinson, the top receiver for Iowa State, 60 catches, 720 yards, 26 yards. And four touchdowns going against an Oregon team that upset USC in the Pac-12 championship game to get into this matchup. Uh, Oregon, by the way, on the season is 3-3 three and three against the spread. Iowa State on the year is sitting at 9-2 and two against the number uh, on the season. Iowa State is a 4.5-point favorite. We're going to go Cyclones, give up the 4.5 points against the Oregon Ducks in the Fiesta Bowl. And finally, the Capital One Orange Bowl taking place in Miami. 
Texas A&M, a seven and a half point favorite against uh, North Carolina A&M, eight and one on the season, ranked fifth in the country. North Carolina, eight and three on the season, ranked thirteenth in the country. And yet another game in which opt outs are a factor. As far as I know, A&M hasn't had anyone opt out, but North Carolina's top three wide receivers have opted out. Their top two running backs have opted out as well. So Sam Howell, who's thrown for 3,352 yards and 27 touchdowns this season, has brand new targets. And we saw it, go back to that Cotton Bowl again, we saw it uh, with Florida. When you lose your top wideouts, you're relying on guys that haven't played much, if at all, on the season. And I think that's going to be something North Carolina's going to have to deal with as well. And because of that, A&M is a seven and a half point favorite. We are going to go with Texas A&M in this one. Uh, but we'll look at some trends real quickly. Uh, A&M five and two against the spread in their last seven games. North Carolina four and one against the spread in their last five. But again, this is not the same North Carolina team uh, that's played all season. A&M out to prove that they deserved to be selected for the college football playoff. I think this game gets ugly. A&M 7.5, I think, is the easiest bet to make uh, of the four games uh, taking place on Saturday. So give me A&M, give up 7.5 against North Carolina. So our college football bets real quick before we go to break. Uh, For Friday, New Year's Day, Cincinnati plus 7.5 against Georgia in the Peach Bowl. Northwestern minus 4 against Auburn in the uh, Citrus Bowl. Alabama minus 19.5 against Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl. Clemson minus 7.5 against Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, On Saturday, North Carolina State, a a 2.5 point underdog. We're taking them uh, against Kentucky in the Gator Bowl. In the Outback Bowl, we're going Indiana minus 8.5 against Ole Miss. In the Fiesta Bowl, we're going Iowa State minus 4.5 against Oregon. And in... The Orange Bowl, we're going Texas A&M minus 7.5 against North Carolina. So we'll take a break, come back, and we'll do our NFL bets for Sunday in just a moment. This is The Degenerate Gambler. Back here on The Degenerate Gambler, your sports gambling podcast. As we go now to our National Football League bets, we got five bets for this uh, final week of the regular season for the NFL, plus an upset bet. Uh I will say the, these were tough to make because of so many teams sitting certain players or certain players that are banged up not playing the final week of the season if they don't have anything really to play for. Uh, so it made betting this uh, a little more difficult. This will be our toughest week betting the NFL, but I feel confident in these five bets as well. Uh, so I tried to find the games in which it mattered the most for the teams playing. So uh, we're going to go with the first one. It'll take place. Uh, between Buffalo and Miami. Uh, Buffalo's still uh, playing for that number two seed along with Pittsburgh. A Buffalo win secures a number two seed uh, or a Pittsburgh loss to Cleveland secures that number two seed. Both teams playing at the same time, so Buffalo going to go all out. Josh Allen going to play. He's already thrown for 4,320 yards and 30 touchdowns this season. Stephon Diggs has had an unbelievable year for Buffalo. 120 catches, 1,459 yards. And eight scores uh, for the Bills coming into this matchup. Uh, Buffalo is a three-point favorite entering this game. And uh, I think Buffalo minus three is the play. Now, 
Miami is 4 and 1 against the spread in their last 5, 8 and 2 against the spread in their last 10 games, but counter that with Buffalo being 5 and 0 in their last 5 against the spread and 7 and 0 in their last 7 games against the number. So two teams red hot against the spread coming into this one. Uh Buffalo with more to play for. Now Miami's playing for a playoff berth as well. They need this game as well. Uh so you're going to have two teams going all out. It's going to be cold, possibly snowing in Buffalo on Sunday. Uh, the South Florida team from Miami coming up to the cold of Buffalo. Historically, they do not play well in Buffalo. I don't see how that changes this season in this game. Uh, so Buffalo minus three against Miami, I believe, is the play uh, in, uh, in that matchup. Next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Cleveland Browns. Pittsburgh comes in this game as a nine-point underdog at Cleveland. No Ben Roethlisberger in this matchup, which is the biggest reason why the spread is what it is. Mason Rudolph going to start at quarterback. Roethlisberger kind of banged up. Uh, Pittsburgh, in a sense, you feel like maybe trying to concede the number two seed and go ahead and fall to the three spot. Uh, while Cleveland needs this win after the loss to the New York Jets last week to clinch a playoff berth, uh, Cleveland is a nine-point favorite in this one. Uh, I believe outside of Roethlisberger, everyone else is expected to play for Pittsburgh in this one. Uh, a lot of people are calling it the Mason Rudolph uh, revenge game after the incident between Miles Garrett of Cleveland and Mason Rudolph last season. And uh, I, I'm leaning towards that being the being a factor as well, especially with the spread at nine. Uh, we're going to take Pittsburgh and take the nine points. Uh, Cleveland is suddenly struggling towards the end of the season. They're having their own issues with uh, with some COVID issues. They had some more COVID issues on Friday. Excuse me, on Thursday. This is Thursday. Uh, and, but we they do expect to have their four wide receivers, top four wide receivers, back for this game. Uh, but they're having other guys that may not play. No names have been released as of yet. Uh, I would try to get this spread. I get this at plus nine or get this as soon as you can possibly get it before it falls depending on what the COVID issues are with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Pittsburgh plus nine is the play. I don't. I think Cleveland does win this game at home. Uh, Cleveland, I think, I feel like he's playing for more than what Pittsburgh is playing for, even though Pittsburgh's playing for a two seed. I feel like they're okay with not being a number two seed, or they would run Roethlisberger out there for this one. Uh, so I think when you factor that in, I think Cleveland wins this game. But that nine points, that's a lot of points in a big game. Uh, so give me uh, Pittsburgh plus nine against the Cleveland Browns. Next up, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're seven-point favorites taking, off, taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, uh, Tampa Bay playing for, a, uh, for the number five seed in the NFC, uh, which would mean they would play whoever comes out of the NFC East between Dallas, the New York Giants, and Washington. So Tampa Bay going to come out playing this one. Uh, the spread, you might get at less than that right now. Uh, actually, we just got it at less than that. The spread has fallen to minus five uh, since uh, I started this podcast. So I'm not sure what's going on. But I still like Tampa Bay regardless. I think Tampa Bay wins this game. Uh, I think they win by more than five. They're playing for quite a bit. Like I said, they're playing for that number five seed. And even though it's a road trip to the NFC East champion, uh, it's going to be the best matchup you can get in the first round of the playoffs, especially if you're going on the road. 
so, I mean, I do like Tampa Bay in this one. Uh, the Bucks are 5-5 five and five against the spread in their last 10. Uh, Atlanta at 2-3 and three against the spread in their last 5. Uh, but they've also covered two straight against the number uh, going into this matchup. I'm still like Tampa Bay. The spread has fallen, like I said, to 5. If you can get it at 5, that's going to be outstanding for you. Uh, it, it's been as high as 7, and it may jump back up. But we just caught it now at minus five, and I've already placed that bet. So we're taking Tampa Bay minus five against Atlanta. All right, next up, Green Bay, five-and-a-half-point favorites in Chicago, taking on the Bears. Green Bay playing for that number one seed in the uh, NFC. Along with New Orleans, they're battling the Saints for that number one spot. Green Bay, a five-and-a-half-point favorite at Chicago. Chicago's battling for a playoff berth. Unbelievable season for the Bears. They're 8-7 and seven on the year, but in that 8-7 and seven record, they have they had a streak of six straight losses. So you take that six-game six game losing streak out, they, they're they 8-1 and one outside of that six-game losing streak. Unbelievable for, uh, for the Bears. Aaron Rodgers leads the way for Green Bay, 4,059 yards, 44 touchdowns, probably the favorite to win the most valuable player. Devontae Adams, 109 catches, 1,328 yards, and 17 touchdowns. Aaron Jones, 1,000-yard back at 1,062 yards and eight scores also for the Packers. Uh, as we look at the uh, trends, uh, especially between these two teams, Green Bay is 5-2 against the spread in their last seven games against Chicago and 15-5 and against the spread in their last 20 games against the Bears coming into this one. Uh, Green Bay is a five-point favorite. I think I said five-and-a-half, but they're actually a five-point favorite uh, at Chicago. Uh, we'll take Green Bay, give up five points at Chicago. I think the Packers secure the number one seed in the NFC and get the first round by next week. And our final bet uh, before our upset, it's going to be the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they are six-and-a-half-point favorites is New Orleans coming into this matchup with the Carolina Panthers. Now, Green Bay is playing at the same time as New Orleans, so there will be some scoreboard watching, uh, but there won't be anyone uh, knowing the, the outcome before this game. So New Orleans is going to send out their starters. They'll send out guys to try to get that number one seed if they can get a Green Bay loss to Chicago at Chicago, which is possible. It is not impossible for Green uh, for Green Bay to lose to the Chicago Bears. Uh, that being said, we do think Green Bay beat Chicago, but New Orleans is going to come out and play as well. The Saints, a six and a half point favorite at Carolina. Uh, I think it's a big game for Drew Brees as he's in game number three since uh, coming back from uh, eleven broken ribs. Uh, the Saints are six and one, six one and one against the spread in their last eight games. Carolina is five and two against the spread in their last seven. Uh, New Orleans just needs to win this one, but New Orleans at minus six and a half. We're actually going to take the uh, Saints and give up the six and a half points because I think New Orleans wants to come out. They want to make a statement whether they get that one seed or not. They want to at least get that number two seed uh, so they could face probably or possibly the Chicago Bears in the first round of the playoffs or the Arizona Cardinals, which are the two teams fighting for that number seven spot. 
so I think New Orleans uh, wants to come out of this game uh, in that two spot. I think they'll play throughout and, and try to secure that number two seed if they if by some chance Green Bay starts blowing out Chicago. Uh, but New Orleans is going to come all out. They're gonna they're gonna send everybody to to win this game. So give me the Saints minus six and a half at Carolina. And our upset bets. Uh, it's going to be the Sunday night game. And it's not much to it, but Philadelphia at home against Washington. Washington may still be without Alex Smith, which means Tyler Henneke will be the starting quarterback for the Redskins. A Philadelphia team that wants to end the season on a positive note and would love nothing more than to keep the Washington Redskins from clinching the NFC East on their home field. Uh, a lot of talk this week out of Philadelphia that that is their motivating factor. They do not want a team to clinch on their home field against them in the final week of the season. And I think that uh, that's going to be a motivating factor. Washington just a uh, two-and-a-half-point favorite coming into this one. Uh, we can get Philadelphia at plus 120, so it would be a minor upset. But we are going to take the Eagles to upset Washington, and that will mean the winner of the New York Giants-Dallas Cowboys game will be the NFC East champion and will end up facing probably Tampa Bay in round one of the playoffs next week. So we'll update our bets one more time. We'll start with our college bowl bets for Friday. Cincinnati plus seven and a half against Georgia. Northwestern minus four against Auburn. Alabama minus 19 and a half against Notre Dame. Clemson minus seven and a half against Ohio State. Those two games are the college football playoff games. Saturday, it's North Carolina State plus 2.5 against Kentucky. Indiana minus 8.5 against Ole Miss. Iowa State minus 4.5 against Oregon. Texas A&M minus 7.5 against North Carolina. Our NFL bets for Sunday. Buffalo minus 3 at home against Miami. Pittsburgh plus 9 uh, at Cleveland. I think I wrote, I wrote that down as Pittsburgh being at home, but it is at Cleveland. Tampa Bay minus 5.5 at home against Atlanta. Green Bay minus five at Chicago. New Orleans minus six and a half at Carolina. And our upset bet for uh, Sunday's NFL action, Philadelphia at plus 120, a two and a half point underdog to knock off the Washington Redskins, eliminating the Redskins from uh, winning the NFC East and making the playoffs and allowing the winner of the New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys, to clinch the NFC East and the division title. So with that, we'll end the uh, podcast for today. We will have a podcast for you on Saturday for college basketball strictly. And uh, Sunday, once we look at the schedule, we'll probably have one Sunday with some college basketball games as well. Uh, But our football podcast uh, for the week is over. And uh, from there, we're going to be mostly a college basketball podcast outside of uh, playoff berths. Uh, playoff games for the NFL and the national championship game for college football because that'll be all that's left uh, after this weekend. Uh, So uh, until Saturday, this is The Degenerate Gambler.